Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. from Romans chapter 1, verse 8 to 17, and, and this is coming from Paul, and he's writing to the church in Rome, and uh, he's eager, uh, to say the least, he is eager to connect with the church in Rome. Verse 8 says this, first, I thank God, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. I want you to highlight that, because we'll, we'll go back to that in a second. God, who I, uh, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now, at the last, at last, my, by God's will, uh, the way may be open for me to come to you. Verse 11 to 12 is really key, and I want you to highlight this. Because I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I'm going to say that line one more time, because this is, or these two verses, because it's so important. I long to see you, that you, so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. And I don't want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented in, from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. For I am obligated both to the Greeks and the non-Greeks, both to the wise and to the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed, you can highlight this, but we'll hit this in a couple of weeks. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Eager to engage. You know, one of my favorite things about uh, thinking about my kids uh, growing up and even now a little bit with Abby, um, no matter who came inside of our house, generally speaking, our kids were eager to connect and engage. I don't know if your kids did this. I know my kids did this. My, my kids tortured students when they would come over our house or somebody would visit. And what's the first thing the girls would do, especially when they were like three or four years old? They literally like, hey, come, come see my room. Come see my room. And there's this, there's this pride, right? How many know what I'm talking about? Come see my room. Come check it out, you know? And, and uh, you know, and, and, and in fact, it happened to us a few weeks ago. We were over at the Orleskis and, and the same thing as soon as my kids walked in the room, you know? It's like, oh, come see your room, Abby. Come see your room, you know? And Abby's like, oh, dad. And I'm like, yeah, but you did the exact same thing right? I mean, kids are so eager to engage. They're so eager to engage when they hear a conversation. Well, what do you mean by that? And they start talking to you, and they start interacting with you. Uh, you know, even recently, you know, I marvel at the compassion and the eager to, the eagerness to engage, you know, on a, on a level of compassion when something happens that is not 
you know, so cool when Cora's mom passed away back in the fall. I remember, you know, Abby saying to me quietly, I mean, here she's mourning herself. She's grieving herself, the loss, uh, you know, of her grandmother. And she looks at me and she's not even thinking about her loss. She just looks at me and she said, Daddy, I, I really feel bad for for mommy. And I was like, yeah, she goes, yeah, because because she doesn't have a mommy to talk to anymore. You know, it's like, oh, man, tears. You're like, Pastor Craig, why'd you tell that story, man? Like, I came to church for joy. You're, you know, now I got tears. And, you know, like, but it's amazing to watch them have this eagerness to engage. It's like, I want to bring. And so she did. She would come alongside her mom, not say anything. And she would sit with her mom and she'd curl into her. And, and, and it's, it's not uncommon for Abby to do this. I don't know if your kids did that or not, but I know my kids over the years have been super eager to engage. Any moment, any situation, whatever it called for, my kids would rise up and they would interact and they would, they would jump in and they want to connect. Man, if there's anything that I think we need in order to establish, in order to build, in order to experience the kingdom of God, it's when we have that heart to, have, you know, that same kind of attitude and that same kind of approach, not just to the kingdom, but more specifically to those of us that make up the kingdom, this eagerness to engage. It's like in every situation that we would rise up and that we would interact, that we would build these kinds of relationships because when we do that, we are making meaningful impressions that will lead to meaningful impact. Because really, that's what the kingdom of God is all about. It is about making impact. It's not just coming to church and, you know, and, and singing some songs and hearing a message or, you know, it's, it's not just being a part of ministry. I mean, all of those things are good and all of those things are important, but, but sometimes we forget and don't realize the importance and the value of the ministry that takes place when we have this passion to come to church looking for one another, hoping and praying for an opportunity, not just to receive from somebody, but to give. I mean, Jesus made that clear. It is more blessed to, you know, to, to give than it is to receive. There's something about giving that releases something in the supernatural that is, that is completely sometimes mind-boggling. Mind and over the years, it, 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 it does. It, I'm dumbfounded sometimes when there are people that will you know, come to a church and they don't interact with anybody and they don't, they don't build relationships and they don't participate in, in areas of ministry. And, and you might be sitting here going, okay, PC, that's kind of me. And I don't mean to offend you, but I'm just being honest with you. That's not church. That's not. That is not the expectation of God. That is not the vision of God. That's not what he sees when he thinks kingdom. And in order to build and establish and experience the kingdom the way God wants us to experience it, there needs to be a passion and a priority in getting together and connecting and pouring into each other and building a relationship, even if you're the biggest introvert inside the room. You can't do life alone. You're not wired that way. You think you can, but deep down you know what I'm saying is true. That as comfortable as you feel being alone, there are moments that can get pretty deep and pretty dark and you need somebody and you don't have a lifeline because you haven't built that bridge. God says, I don't want you 
to find yourself inside of that place. And it was something that Paul discovered. It's something that Paul picked out. In fact, I was, as I was reading this this week, I'm like, this is almost like it's another secret that Paul has discovered. And he's discovered it so much so that he's so excited about, you know, jumping in and being a part of things. And, and can you imagine what they felt getting this letter from Paul? When Paul says, man, listen, I just, I just long to be with you. Do you know what that one scholar said? That's the equivalent of saying, I'm homesick for you. Like, I just can't, you know, like, I think to myself, we, we kind of joke with Madison a little bit because Madison's our daughter that is the least expressive when it comes to saying, hey, I love you. How many got kids like that, right? Like, they don't say, I love you, you know, and whatever. So the, and so Ma- Madison's way of saying that I love you is this, like, sheepish little grin, right? You know, mm, okay, Dad, stop, you know, like, and I know, you know what I mean? And I'm not, like, I'm not looking for, like, mush and all that kind of stuff, but I like it when... You know, when, when Madison looks at us and, and just kind of grins, because I know that deep down, and so I joke with her now, I'm like, I know, you love us. You love us. But every once in a while, I can tell that Madison is homesick while she's at school. All of a sudden, the FaceTime calls start to ramp up, right? All of a sudden, now she's got, you know, area or gaps in her schedule where now she's got time for us, you know, and, 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 you know, and she's talking about coming home and all these different things. And, and then we get her on FaceTime and it's not just a short call. It's like an hour long and we can't even get her off FaceTime at that point. Right. You know, and she always, she always, she always FaceTimes us late at night, man. And so it's like, okay, we got to go to bed, man. We're tired. You know, we're old, but you know what I mean? But there's something about that engagement that makes us feel valued. That just says something to us. So you can imagine what it felt like for the, the church in Rome. And some of them knew Paul and some of them didn't. In fact, for Paul, it didn't matter whether he knew you personally or not. It didn't matter to him that he, he just in his mind and in his heart, he just so could not wait to get to the church in Rome so that he can do what? goes on to say, uh, in, uh, and I love some of the things that he says here, but look at it. He says, I want to impart. I want to take you deeper. I, I, want to, I want to do something that is, I just want to simply minister to you. When he says, listen, I, I want to come to impart some spiritual gift that will make you strong, basically saying, listen, I want to invest in you. I, I want to do whatever I can in whatever way that I can, whether it's prayer or teaching or, you know, encouragement. Because some people might look at this and go, well, he's talking about the spiritual gifts. He might be referring to some of it, but generally most scholars believe that he's just talking about acts of grace here. He's talking about blessing. He's talking about just connecting and just doing whatever he can to pour into them. Even if it's just a smile. Even if it's just a hand on their shoulder to hear and listen to their story. And to pray with them, to give a little of encouraging word and saying, listen, I've been down that road. I know exactly what you're feeling. Or meeting people that are new in their faith. And Paul goes, man, listen, I had this, you know, God had to like meet me in the middle of a row of flashing lights and everything, man, because I was too stubborn to listen. I know where you're coming from. And I know the challenges. He imagine, imagine for the Jews that he would meet that are, you know, wrestling through, you know, the idea of serving Jesus. He goes, listen, man, I, I know where you've been. I know, I know, I, listen, I went away for a number of days to figure it out. 
Because I, I couldn't understand, and all of a sudden, this idea of the Messiah and Jesus being the Messiah, and I started to unlock it, and, and all of a sudden, that conversation, that relationship changes things. I just simply want to impart whatever I can, whatever I can pour into your life. I, uh, to, to, and I love this idea that it will make you strong. It's this idea of making you stable or firm in your faith. And even at the root, this word strong means to turn someone resolutely in a certain direction. It's like to get you on that path. What can I do to further your journey, to help you to further your journey in Jesus? That's all. And Paul's going, I can't wait to get there. And listen, just so you know, it wasn't just because, you know, um, they had a need. I mean, verse 8 says that, listen, their faith was known around the world. This church was firing on all cylinders. So Paul's desire to get there wasn't because he's like, oh, man, this poor church in Rome. Oh, they really need an encouragement. Oh, man, they really need some help. How many times do we think to ourselves that the only time people need an encouraging word of prayer is because they're in need? Paul says that's the, that's the complete opposite. That's not how the kingdom works. You do it in season or out of season. You do it when there's a need or there isn't a need. Because this is about producing something and preventing something. And what I love about this is that Paul, and, and this is what God kind of spoke into my heart earlier this week as I was going through this passage. In verse 1, Paul makes this, this statement. He says, I'm Paul the Apostle. I've been called to be an apostle. I've been called to, 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 you know, to, uh, to bring the gospel. And so he, right off the bat from the letter, he makes this declaration of his role and his responsibility. My role is I'm an apostle. I'm pouring into leaders. I'm a church planter. I do those. I'm a missionary. But my responsibility is to share the gospel, the good news. And, you know, as I was sitting there, I just felt like God saying part of the reason why he was eager Part of the reason why he couldn't wait to engage them is because Paul had a deep, deep conviction about his role and his responsibility. He didn't take it lightly. And his role was bigger than just being an apostle. And his responsibility was more in depth than just bringing the gospel Paul took seriously his role as a follower of Jesus, a fellow brother in Christ, who didn't just see, hey, I'll get them saved and you deal with them. He said, I'll lead them in Jesus and then I'm going to help establish them with you. I mean, basically what Paul was doing was, I, I could hide behind my role. I could hide behind that I'm an apostle and you guys take care of the rest, but he didn't. He's like, man, I can't wait to get with you. I, I can't wait to sit in a service and, and have worship going and, and then just to walk around the room and take a moment to just to pray with you or to encourage you or give you a prophetic word or, you know, all of these different things. You never know what God's doing. And that's, that's the heart that we need to have. That we need to understand that, that this is about producing a harvest 
that's part of the kingdom of God. It's about producing things. It's, it's not, listen, you, you, if, if our relationship with Jesus grows stale, the, the truth is, no matter how many lack of resources you feel like there are, like my pastor doesn't preach good messages, or there isn't good Bible studies available, and, and whatever. Can I just tell you, those are lousy excuses. They're lousy. Why? Because if you had none of those things, you still have enough to have a passionate, powerful relationship with Jesus because you have Jesus. The rest of those things are just avenues. The rest of those things are just tools. I know, Pastor Craig's a tool. Anyways, just think about that. Caleb, dude, yeah, see, Caleb and Grant are going, yeah, dude. Especially when he plays hockey, I'm just saying. I honestly, over the years, it's one of the lamest excuses I've ever heard. It really is. It really is. This is God's word. It never returns void. There's a whole lot in there. You don't, you don't always need someone to unpack it for you. Try unpacking it yourself. Watch what happens. That being said, the blessing is God hasn't designed it that way. And that God has placed people, you, in places and positions that take on a role and a responsibility that will be about producing. He says that a little bit later on in that passage. He said, listen, I don't, wanna, I don't want you to be unaware that I've made attempts to get to you, but, but I haven't been able to. And that wasn't an attack of the enemy. It's just that as he was making his way to Rome, all of these opportunities to share the gospel were right there. And he just, he's like, I can't walk away from that. I'm, I've been called to give the gospel, so I'm going to share that. I'm going to establish churches, but I'm making my way. And now God has finally made a way that I can come join you. And, and so I'm sending this letter ahead of time, and I want to I wanna pour into you even through this letter, but I can't wait to get there with you so that I can equip you, that I can strengthen you, that I can make you stand firm. I could do all these things because I want to see a harvest inside of you. I want to see a harvest among you. I want to see the fulfillment. Let me ask you this question. Deep down inside of your heart, is it your heart? Is it your passion to see this church reap the harvest spiritually that God has intended for it? then we have to put our money where our mouth is. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about effort. I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about getting involved. I'm talking about serving. You can't say philosophically, hey, I really want to see the harvest. I mean, that's Paul's heart. That's my heart. That's my heart. Everything that we do. Everything that we make moves for. And I know there are times where, and I'm just being honest and, and, and uh, you know, just a little more... Um, you know, open with you this morning, but I, I know that there are some that, man, the, the process seems a little bit like, oh, like it's, we're getting there, we're getting, man, we hit this bump and we hit that bump, that's okay because God's setting things up. And sometimes when you start, and we had this conversation this week as a leadership, we're like sometimes when you're beginning to, to establish some things, you know, God's moving some stuff and God's bringing in some stuff and, and God's, you know, shuffling and there are some foundational stuff that we want to continue to pour into and this is one of them. Is to establish this heart, this eagerness to connect because it is about producing a harvest, not just through one or two or three individuals, but all of us. 
of us. And not just the harvest here, and this is where we'll get into this in a couple of weeks from now. Paul had also an eagerness to engage his community with the gospel because it is the power of God. Do we have a passion to see people come to know the faith in Christ that we have? See, these are all big, big questions. Something to chew on today. But it was also about preventative. Sometimes you may not realize that the gifting that is inside of you, or that smile, your presence, that expression of welcome or value. I mean, again, just Paul's letter alone probably sent uh, just triggers in the heart of those that were hearing the letters as they were being read. Hey, guys, I can't wait to meet with you. I can't wait to love on you. I can't wait to care about you. I can't wait to, you know, to just be there for you and, and, and whatever I can. And it was preventative in nature because sometimes we don't realize that that smile or even we talked about that bridge creating that lifeline. Sometimes just that relational. Listen, there's a reason why. Trust me. There are days where I'm like, man, we, I would love to get out of here, you know, uh, in an hour and 10, hour and five minutes. But, but there's a reason why we give you extra time in that second break because we want you to connect. And what I love and what we're seeing right now now is that it's gotten to the place where we've got to go out in the hallway and flash the lights like a movie theater, you know, to get you guys to come back in. Now, I don't know if that has something to do with the pastor's message or, you know, whatever, because I, you know, I, I think you guys all ran in here pretty quickly when Megan was preaching. But for me, you guys, uh, a little lingered. Don't worry. He'll talk for 10 minutes before he gets into his message. You know, here we go. But I love that. And yes, it is my goal that at least within your service, that you know the names of the people that are here. Seriously. I know you're going, Pastor Craig, that's not possible. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You just got to take the time. But how much are we preventing when people have a lifeline, when they're going through something, and you've built that relationship? Can I just say this? Avenues of relationship. Avenues of relationship are revolutionary to the soul. Avenues of relationship are revolutionary to the soul. And what Paul did in that moment, I have no doubt that Paul's constant care, Paul's sending the letters while he's in prison, doing all these things. He's always concerned about the mentality of the church, and he wants them to be encouraged. He's even from a distance. What can I do? And how much can we prevent keeping people from struggling beyond what they can bear or hitting it before it actually gets out of control? I love, I don't know where I read this, I don't know where I wrote, but I just know I wrote this down. Community sharing and encouragement is the vehicle of growth and stability. When a community shares, when a community encourages one another, it is the vehicle of growth and stability and maturity. That's why Paul said, man, I'm eager. But he wasn't just eager to give. He was eager to receive. It's not a one-way street. I mean, just think about this. Verse 12 says that, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I mean, he not only took his role and responsibility 
in pouring into them, but he took the role and their role and their responsibility seriously. Like he, it grabbed him. Think about it. I mean, this is the great apostle. We're talking about a guy that, that had that road to Damascus kind of encounter. That's a pretty unique encounter. It was different than any other apostle. You know, he's the scholar. He is one of the wisest men on the planet. It's, it's like he's got it all together. I mean, you know, and, and Paul talks about this in, in another part of the New Testament and how, you know, how, you know, wise he was and how he compares to all of, you know, all of these people's in Philippians. And he's like, listen, but I don't, I don't care about those things because it doesn't matter. What matters is that I know Jesus. But in the eyes of the person, think about this, the great apostle who is, you know, he's this experienced church planner. He's this missionary. He's been all over different parts of the world. He eagerly, eagerly desired to come and do or to receive the very thing that he came to do, meaning he looked at the people. That's like me walking into the room and saying to you today, today I look forward to receiving whatever I can from Jeff. Whatever I can. Whatever I can from, from Charles. Whatever I can from Cody today. Because, and you know what he was saying in that moment? You have something inside of you that is just as valuable than I can give you. What a powerful statement. That in the same way that I've come to equip you, to make you strong, to put you in a firm place, to get you further in your journey with God. This great apostle, this one who's had all these experiences. He, I mean, this is the guy that's, you know, mixing and mingling with all the big wigs, you know, all the other apostles and Peter and James and all these different guys. And he, you know, and, and he's got a different view of church. And he's like, listen, all I care about is getting to the local church. Wow. And I don't want to just come minister, I want to be ministered to because I believe you have something to give me that will fuel me, that will encourage me, that will equip me, that will sustain me for the next season that I'm about to walk into once I leave. In fact, a lot of scholars said that, that, that Paul started to write that he wanted to come and minister and in a moment, he, it's like he, he slammed on the brakes and said, oh, wait a minute. I don't want you to give the impression that I'm the only person that can minister in this situation. We can do something that mutually benefits one another. So let me ask you this question today. Let me ask you this, this thought, because I had this thought today. When is the last time that I felt eager to engage and I couldn't wait to get to church? When's the, when's the last time that my focus wasn't just about what I'm going to get today in a message, in worship? Someone may be coming to give me prayer or meet me in the prayer room. And that, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. But when's the last time that we switched gears and didn't just focus on what I can get? But I came and focused on what I could give and get from the people that are sitting in the tables and the chairs around me. That I took time this morning to sow into the life of my family. Because when you sow, 
Galatians 6 says you reap. Making someone feel welcome for the first time. Exchanging information so that I can keep track of you so that you're here next week and the week after because I believe in the ministry and the harvest here at Community. That God is doing. That God wants to do. That smile of that encouragement. Just even that simple, hey, how you doing? And getting beyond the, oh yeah, things are good. Meanwhile, it's like complete chaos behind them. Say, how are you feeling today? How are things going? What can I pray for? How's life? Like, how's the sucky Bruins? <laughs> yeah, they are, dang it. <laughs> How's life, man? Melody, how's the kids? They're growing like crazy, man. Right? Your son just had a birthday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tom's all by himself this week. Him and Zach. I think they're going to party anyways, but anyways, you know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rob's got two weeks of just, you know, pure, you know, man cave time. You know what I mean? Like, that's just a lot of, it's either a lot of pizza or a lot of eating out. I'm just saying, right? You know, or a barbecue. One of, the, one, of the, one of those things, right? Sometimes a simple question can release something. A smile. Here's one. I'm so glad that you came today. I'm glad that you're here. You know, if there's anything that people are drawn to, and I think it's the very reason why it wasn't just the miracles that I believe people were drawn to Jesus for. I actually think they were drawn to Jesus because he valued them. And it didn't matter. And if you notice Paul's language, when it came to the gospel, and I would think the same thing with the church, it didn't matter to him who you were, whether you were a Jew or a Gentile, whether you were a Greek or a non-Greek, whether you were wise or you weren't so wise. It didn't matter to him. He saw them the way that God saw them. Avenues of relationship can be revolutionary for the soul. Because I might be just giving the fuel that's needed to get through the unknown and the unexpected journey this week. And I'm creating a lifeline that if something were to happen, they have someone to turn to as a partner with God. Let me leave you with this. The Message Bible puts this passage, this verse 11 and 12, really well. It says this. I wish you could see it. All you see is a blurry screen behind me. It's really nice, yeah. The longer this waiting goes on, the deeper the ache. 
So I want to be there to deliver God's gift in person and watch you grow stronger right before my eyes. But don't think I'm not expecting to get something out of this too. You have as much to give to me as I do to you. And that, my friends, is the right approach because that builds sustainable, life-giving kingdom. It needs to become our priority, our culture. So where do you start? Can I give you four real quick things? I don't know, lately I've just been on this thing of giving you four quick things or three quick things or whatever. Here's a couple things. Expose your heart. When we start sowing it, we start reaping it. And when we start reaping it, we begin to understand the value of engaging one another and pouring into each other. You got to start. You just got to start somewhere. Before you leave today, find someone that you don't normally talk to and say, hey, my name is so-and-so. How are you? How are things going? How's life? You'd be surprised. Number two, don't embrace the fear. Sometimes we can look at the church and, you know, again, they might have been sitting back going, wait a minute. I can't see myself praying for the Apostle Paul. I can't, I, like, what, what in the world would I have to give? It's like how I feel when it comes to Christmas time and giving my parents a Christmas gift. I don't know what to give people that pretty much have everything that they need. I don't, I, I don't want to get them just another sweater. And every time, like, literally, when I give my parents gifts at Christmas time, as I'm handing it to them, I'm thinking to myself, what a waste. Like, I should have just gave them, like, a gift card somewhere so they can get what they want. Like, I have no idea. Like, what do you get people that already have everything? And that's how they must have felt with Paul. But Paul's like, listen, you have no idea what I as a leader face and go through all the time. I need you. So don't give in to the fear that says, I don't have anything to give. You'd be surprised what you have to give. But the only way to find out what you have to give is you got to put yourself out there. Uh, number three, if you think it, act on it. I love when people say, man, pastor, I haven't seen so-and-so. And the first thing I ask them is, have you made contact? You'd be surprised. Even statistically, I've shared this with you guys, that statistically there was a church that did uh, this whole thing where they would uh, have pastors call, you know, a, a, you know, a new a new you know, uh, attendee or someone just came to the church, a visitor or whatever, within like 24 hours, and someone from the church. 35% of the, of the people that were called by the pastor came back a second time. That's not bad. Guess what it was when someone from the church called, a volunteer? It was like 65%. If you think it, act on it. Don't wait for a pastor. Don't wait for a leader. Go do it. Send that email. Make that phone call. Text. That's how we keep people from falling through the cracks or getting buried in the burdens of life. We do it together. Number four, take advantage of avenues. Out of the table today are our community groups. And I, 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 we've been sharing, and we've got about eight that are happening uh, over the next few months. Everything from Bible study to guys getting together for breakfast. And there are cards and information out at the back. And we want to encourage you. Some of our small group leaders are actually going to be at the back there by that table. And they'll answer any questions. They've got little cards to give you. And you can, there's contact information. And you can be a part of things. And we've got a couple more that are on the way. We're just still getting some more of the details. 
but you need to know my heart about community groups. Community groups for me are not about, you know, Bible studies. It's not about, you know, just getting deep in the Word. That's important. That's valuable. But what's really important to me, regardless of the vehicle, my destination is that authentic relationships would be built. And through authentic relationships, we would shape authentic faith. So every small group leader, um, you know, is, 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 is being challenged and being encouraged that whether you're doing a Bible study or once a month, myself and Craig Mueller are going to be doing a, a guy's breakfast club. Probably going to be meeting at Angels. We just haven't got the details down yet about dates and, and location. And just show up at like 8, 8.30 or whatever it is. You know, I know John's looking at me going 8, 8.30 is like lunchtime, you know, for a farmer. But anyways, right? You know, some guys are looking, come on, dude, let's do 5.30. No, but anyway, so, but the point is, is that just getting together and building relationships and hanging out and connecting with guys, you know, there's a few others that are going on, hockey, there's, there's just always stuff, online Bible study, they're all back there, and I want to encourage you to find your place to belong, and not just in community events, but there's a reason why we're going to Harry Howell Arena. There's a reason why we got the big room and not just because some of us are not into skating. Fine. Then come and join us for some chili and some board games. But if we're going to be a church where people belong, we got to show up to make them feel belong. We got to care deeply about it. Now, I know schedules and all that good stuff. I, listen, I will swing the pendulum all the way to the opposite side on purpose. So that eventually it falls right where it should be. And I encourage you, find out about places and things you can be involved in. Why? Because avenues of relationship are revolutionary to the soul. God has a harvest to do among us. And part of how that happens is through you, not just me. Not just a leader. But mutually together, building each other up. I've read that somewhere. Anyways, why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray. Would you just take 30 seconds and just say, you know what? God, would you just stir in my heart? And maybe after this, you're like, Pastor Greg, I've got an idea for a small group or a community group. That's why I don't like the term small group, more community group, because it's bigger than just a Bible study, though that's really good and important. There's some good Bible studies that we have going on. But would you pray this prayer right now as Hillary comes? Would you just pray really quickly right now? Just say, Holy Spirit, more than anything, would you give me a heart that has a passion to engage my family around me, my church family, my church family? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Would you just take 30 seconds right now over this place and just begin to pray for the people that are around you? Let's start there today. You don't know what they're going through, but God knows what they're going through. Go ahead. Go ahead. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.communitychurch.ca.